You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, episode 460. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined today by Mr. Fosma Moon. How you doing? I am well. How are you? I'm all right. Seth is Seth is in Japan, enjoying uh, delicious food and uh, uh, sumo wrestling. So it's just you and me. Oh, and for once we have the adult. <laughs> um, it was a it was a relatively successful Thanksgiving travel day. I would not just a day; I would say weekend. Like no real big uh, network flops, no outages, no massive amounts of cancellations. No, my uh, cranky flyer had a great uh, chart that he put out, and I mean. Delta, Alaska, United American all end up with over eighty four percent of flight uh, of their flights completed. Yeah, it's I mean it's pretty amazing. Yeah. They're getting last year? I think uh on their uh compared to last year, much better. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was like I think there was like some weather in Chicago, but I, I think the airlines all got through it pretty well. Yeah. I mean there was definitely some weather around the country, but nothing clearly nothing bad enough to hold stuff back. I yeah, mean, the lowest yeah. in the top ten was Spirit at seventy one point eight percent completion. Huh. You know, it, it's interesting. We had a, f- a friend flying uh, basically the Sunday after Thanksgiving, um, and he said that that he was he was flying through San Francisco, and he said it was really quiet. I am flying tomorrow, and I got an EUA on it. It's it's weird, right? Like I I was a yeah. You got upgraded. It's for those yeah, who don't know, yeah. yeah, a complimentary upgrade on Philadelphia to Chicago at the ninety-six hour window mark. Wow, unheard of. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't tell you the last time I ever saw that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's funny because I feel like the number of passengers, like when you look at the actual travel number numbers, it was like two point two million per day through the weekend. So it was, you know, it was like right at six point two million. Um. For, for the holiday weekend. So it's not like it was like a quiet day, but maybe people, I mean, our friend brought up a good point. Maybe it's people are like doing work from home and they're, or they're, you know, since people aren't all the way back in the office, maybe they worked from wherever they were traveling to early or something like that. I mean, possibly, or I mean, maybe people, I mean, it could be people left earlier or people left later, but you know, the, the other point is our friend was yeah, at San Francisco, right? But he was yeah. there in the afternoon. Most sure. of the stuff for the East Coast is gone before noon. Yep. Right. So the only stuff you'll really find after uh, noon is the occasional nonstop, you know, to the to the other hubs or what have you, uh, or to the middle of the country or to uh, within the West Coast. Yeah. So generally on the West Coast, after like one o'clock, two o'clock, it drops. Uh, you know, the airports start to become empty, even on Thursdays. Yep. So that might have something to do with it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, other stories, um, and we'd like to hear from our listeners. If you had a good Thanksgiving travel day, let us know. We'd like to hear about it. Or if you had a t- one from hell, we'd like to know about that too. Um, Allegiant is uh, back at MCO, so Orlando. Uh, they, they fly from Sanford, uh, mostly, right? Like that's their big hub. Um, but they're now making, uh, you know, some flights to Orlando International. And I think it starts with, uh, Asheville, North Carolina on May 3rd of next year. Um, and then Allentown, Pennsylvania, May 16th of next year. And then Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, May 17th of next year. Um, I, I, it's an interesting move to split your operations over two airports in Orlando. 
I I wonder why. I mean, first, what is the market for Asheville, Allentown, and Knoxville to Orlando? Central Orlando. You mean yeah. Central Florida? Well, yeah, Central Florida. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. But wh- why put those three at MCO versus Sanford? Mm. Yeah, like what's the difference? Like why, yeah. why, why those three? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Right, like you, you clearly already have the infrastructure at Sanford. Why would you put those to MCO? And it's not like they're those are routes to where they'd be trying to poach traffic from other airlines. Yeah. 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 They're not like, it's not like, Oh, we're going to undercut and, you know, make a bunch of money. Right. Yeah. It's a weird one. Unless like the intent is to move to MCO. Right. Like Sanford, like depending on where you need to be, Sanford can be a very useful airport, but if you're going to the resorts, Sanford is useless. Yeah. I mean, is it, I can't imagine them moving to MCO, right? They have a pretty good operation. I mean, it's pretty well-sized. Yeah, but with the new terminal opening at MCO, hmm. right? There's more availability of gate space, right? Yeah. I mean, I could see that, but you, you kind of got a whole airport to yourself at Sanford, right? <laughs> like, Right, but like if, if you're, the bulk of your traffic is going to Disney. Mm-hmm. At Sanford, you don't get the full Disney experience. Because mm-hmm. the experience starts at the airport. Right, if you really? Oh, Disney has check-in check-in desks and stuff, all sorts of stuff at the. But airport. isn't but isn't Allegiant selling packages of their own? They probably are, but you're not getting that aspect of the experience. Uh, you're going to get on a I bus to be taken okay. Okay. for an hour plus to get to your. Right, whereas to be fair, MCO is twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Tough call. Yes, I, I I wonder if it's just a, this is them starting their transition to see mm-hmm. if like right the, the routes they picked are low risk, so if something goes wrong, they're not going to have too much egg on their face. They can try to you know do whatever they need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a good way to test the waters to see if they can pull it off. So where is the new terminal at Orlando? South end of the airport. It's not connected. Oh, to the- I see. I see. I'm looking at the map now. Yeah. Who's taking over there? Do you know? It's, I believe International and JetBlue. Okay. So they'll move at, JetBlue will move out of their current gates. I think they already did. I mean, the last time I was there, it was open, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I, what do you think Sanford thinks? Of, if this if this is a move to move away from Sanford, if you're Sanford Airport, aren't you trying to get, aren't you trying to do everything you can to keep a legion? Maybe, but I think Sanford was always more private than anything else. Really? Yeah, I mean... Legion hasn't been there forever. I mean, it's got, I mean, I'm trying to look at here. It's got uh, two, three, that's six gates, 10 gates, 14 gates. They've got quite a few gates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's, I mean, if you're, if you're Sanford though, I would think you would want to keep that traffic even as a small airport, right? Like, well, I'm sure you want to keep it. But right. you don't really have much say in the matter. <laughs> right. like, like, what are you going to do? Move the airport closer? <laughs> Pack it up, boys. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Uh, passenger Passengers' desire will dictate behavior of the airlines. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, um, I actually have to be in Orlando uh, early next year. And I I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get there. And I'm like looking because I have to be in the at the convention center, um, but I was like looking and 
Um, I don't even know where Disney Disney is, to be completely honest with you. Convention Center is um, closer to SeaWorld and Universal than Disney. Okay. So okay. Um, I forget the highway. There's a highway that goes straight from the airport to I-4. The convention center is at the west end of that, right before I four. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I see I four now, and then yeah, I see right, and now I see Disney. Okay, yeah, and it's right next to higher the, the Hyatt's there, so you can see at the Hyatt walk over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an air bridge that connects all those things. Yeah, yeah. I booked at the Hyatt. We'll see. We'll see if I, that's where I end up staying. So, um, yeah. So anyway, interesting. I've never been to Orlando, so we'll see how it goes. At least you're going in the winter. Yeah. Here's here's what's interesting about the Allegiant piece. They said they're going to continue to offer service between Orlando, Sanford, Asheville, Knoxville, and Allentown. In addition to the new flights. So they're just going to, depending on the day, depending like it's roulette, which which day you pick depends on which airport you go to. Yeah, and they, and they fly out of Melbourne to Allentown and Nashville. Not not Asheville, but just Allentown. Is, so it flies to all three Orlando area airports from Allentown. <laughs> There, well, there are a lot of Disney fans in Allentown, apparently. I didn't think Allentown was uh, the, the, that big, but... <laughs> I mean, granted, they probably only do it like once or twice a week, but still. Still, I mean, 150 seats, 130 seats a clip, but that's twice a week is still a fair bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, how do they call Melbourne Airport Orlando? <laughs> like, how do they call Manchester Boston? Okay. It's in a different state. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Um, so One World is opening up a new lounge, and they're, oddly enough, doing it in Seoul, which I find fascinating. Um, <laughs> let's, let's pick the airport with our least exposure and the least risk. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have seven airlines that fly into Seoul, uh, American, Cathay, Finnair, Malaysian, Qantas, Qatar, and Sri Lankan. So, I mean, I guess it's useful. Maybe these maybe these airlines got tired of paying other you know part like other partners for access and just said let's build one there. I mean, to be fair, it might have to do more with airports that have real estate available. Yeah. I mean, it's been years since I've gone to Seoul, but it was never, never seemed like an airport that was stuffed. Yeah. And I felt they had more space where they could grow into. So it might just be a situation where they got space, the price was right, they had enough of a need, and they could justify the financials. Yeah. And this is a first for them, right? Like they've never, there's never been a one world lounge that I know of. Right. Um, and this will actually take over. So Jeju Air ha- used to have a lounge in Seoul. Um, and they kind of shuttered it uh, during COVID and after COVID and never, it's never reopened. Um, and so they're taking over that space. So it looks decently sized. Um, all the lounges in Seoul are kind of strange cause they kind of sit above the terminal, like other places, um, kind of overlooking, uh, in, the, in a little loft area. So, um, I mean, it's cool, I guess. I, is it in the main building or the remote building? Do we know? It's in Terminal 1 near Gate 28. I can look that up real quick. Give me one second. Um, I think that's in the main building, if I remember correctly. Gate 28. So, I mean, I think, I mean, that's good, right? You don't have to go out to the remote building. Um, it's, I think that's a positive. Um, so, I I don't know. Um 
could you could you see i mean everybody else has seemed to have done this right like uh star alliance has a lounge um one world has don't they have lounges or not one world sorry sky team aren't there sky team lounges there are but there's not many yeah right there's one in uh, heathrow right yes there is although i just use the well they're not it's not if, if i'm flying delta i'm flying i'm gonna use the uh virgin atlantic lounge if you're in T3, but uh, the Sky Team Lounge is in T4. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Continental used to use that. Oh, that's right. Yep, you're right. It's okay. It was fine. Yeah. I've never been. Um, what lounge did you fly out of then? Or use? The only time I have ever flown at a T4, United, or Continental had to hold the flight for me to make it. That's a <laughs> Because of my dear friend's ineptitude. <laughs> Hey, I will say this. I think of the three, let's see, three times, three or four times I've flown through Heathrow this year, uh, out of Heathrow, I mean, I've been the last person on the United flight. To the point, the most recent time, uh, as I was running down the hallway, they were saying, are you Mr. Seagraves? Like, out loud. And I was like, <laughs> yes. And I and the flight didn't even leave for another, like, 45 minutes. I was like, you guys have already done boarding? They're like, yeah, we've just been waiting on you. I'm like, now I feel bad. <laughs> they, they, they board fast. <laughs> well, especially in the 763, like, high J config. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, eons ago, back when BMI existed, my uh, buddy and I had a flight from Dublin to Heathrow, Heathrow to Newark. Yep. And so we, and this is back when uh, T1 was still open. And so for connections, they you had to stay on the plane when you got to the gate. So they announced, like, you know, so I'm sitting in the exit row at the window, my buddy's in the aisle, and... They announced, like, if you have a connection, stay on the plane, and we're going to bus you to the, the bus area for connections. Um, if you're terminating Heathrow, uh, you can get off here. Okay. So, okay. So, I'm like, okay, stay put. So, I'm just looking out the window, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you know, I can see people in the periphery moving out. And then, like, I look over, and my buddy's gone. And, I, and at that moment, I'm like, well, I have two options now. I can either self-preserve myself and stay here. And let him figure this out on his own. Or I could go get him. <laughs> you were a good friend, weren't you? I was a good friend. So <laughs> I get out to the, the, he's waiting for me on the jet room. Knucklehead, we're not supposed to get off. They wouldn't let us back on the plane. They wouldn't let us get on the bus. They're like, you have to go through customs now. So we had, and we, oh, by the way, BMI couldn't check us in for the continental flight. So we hadn't even been checked in yet. And so we, um, um, get through customs and everything. And then we have to take the Heathrow Express. And of course we have to wait 14 minutes for the next one. And so <laughs> at, at that very moment, this is back when, you know, we all had friends in Continental. I texted one of my friends and I said, if there's any way you can call the gate and let them know that we are coming. I would greatly appreciate it. And I got no response. We get to T4 and you you know, you have to look at the monitor where to go check in. There's no yes. Continental anymore. Uh, because they, they're closed for the day. It was the last flight of the day. So I um, managed to find the ticket counter and explained to the guy, he's like, well, you, you, what are you talking about? You can't get on this flight. And then someone else walked up and looked at us and said, print their boarding passes out. <laughs> walked us through security. And we got to the gate and they weren't even done boarding yet. <laughs> and so my uh, dear uh, buddy, uh, says, you know, I'm really glad I wasn't sitting next to you because I know I would have ended up with a fork in my thigh somewhere over the North Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. 
Um, so it ain't my lounge time is the is the bottom of that story. Yes, I get it. Yes, I can see why you didn't have time. Um, American. I think we we Seth and I chatted about this a little bit. Actually, let's talk about Alaska. We chatted about Alaska's new award charts, and I just wanted to get your thoughts because you weren't on the show last time. Your your thoughts on the new award charts that are coming? I'm bummed, but I'm not surprised. Okay, why why are you bummed, and why are you not surprised? With the amount they have been pushing miles and credit cards, mm-hmm. they had to do something for a correction. Yep. Uh, I am bummed because they've had a really good award chart and they have managed to last this long. Uh, and I feel their prices are for the most part fair. Yeah. Uh, for awards. Like unlike what some of the prices, you know, even AA is fair in my, from my perspective for some awards. Uh, but unlike United, United just lost their minds. Where it's like 350,000 points for, you know, business. Yeah, Yeah, Delta's already off the reservation at this point, so we won't even talk about that. Um, What do you think then, I mean, as far as sweet spots, uh, do you, are you going to try and take advantage of some sweet spots or redemptions before this happens? Oh, hell yeah, I booked a trip to Fiji. Nice. Nice. (laughs) It's just like... Got a million miles, I might as well go burn it, right? And like at the end of the day, like as I've said so many times, miles are a depreciating asset. There's no point in holding on to them. I completely understand holding on to like a hundred, two hundred thousand for a last minute emergency. Yeah. The people who sit there and keep hundreds of thousands or millions, it's just like why? Yep, yep, yep. Um I haven't decided what I'm gonna do. I, I was looking, I mean, just hoping I was talking to you just a little bit about this, but they, they used to have a hundred thousand mile uh Singapore awards. I think Singapore is holding back a lot of space. Like even finding space using Singapore miles has been really tough. Um, but that's what I was hoping to do was like Newark or JFK to Singapore. Cause I haven't done that flight yet. So I, mean, I would love to do JFK cause I haven't done that yet. But I mean, a hundred K for that would be awesome. They're releasing last minute. I haven't seen anything last minute. Maybe, maybe. And I've just missed it. So I have to look. Um, American is uh, killing their last long haul out of Seattle. It was Heathrow. Um, they probably killed it because it was already suspended for the winter. Yep. And they've and just that, said, we're not bringing it back. Yeah. And they're like, not bringing it back. So their whole strategy of building a mini long haul hub in Seattle seems to have fizzled. I, I, I get it. Like You have BA there for Alaska Connections. Why Why go after... I mean, they, originally they were going to do Seattle to Bangalore. That was originally the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of made some sense. Um, but but Heathrow, of, of all places. Wouldn't you think they would better be better served going to Asia? But they, I mean, they have to, they'd have to fly to Asia first. Well, I mean, the thing about Heathrow is they... While BA flies it, they augment BA, right? Like, we see this at Aliax. We see this at DFW. Um and a number of the other AA gateways where BA does fly as well. And just, they augment it, right? They, just like Delta does with Air France, they swap who flies a given flight, but it's the same number of general seats across the, the pods. Yes. And AA really, like until recently, had this strategy of they don't really want to fly into Europe or beyond. Mm. They, they, want every, they just want everyone to connect on BA. Mm. Right. Over the last few years, we've seen them add some, capa- some capacity, like Amsterdam is a great example um, you know, Barcelona and Madrid, but Madrid is of course an Iberia hub. Um, but you still don't see them taking like the approaches that 
United or Delta have into Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, That's- the counterpoint to that is, you know, from a United or Delta perspective, oh, there's a lot of cities you can get to nonstop, but there's even like 10x more that you still need to connect. And so from an American standpoint, right, like if it's going to be a connection, is it that much of a deal if you're going to any of those other cities? Mm-hmm. Like, you mean like if, they, if people are connecting and they're going to DFW? Um, no, like if you're going to Bologna or you're going to, oh, I got you, I got you. you know, Milan or like Hamburg, right? Or any of these secondary, which aren't really secondary cities, but from an airline perspective, they are, you know, secondary tertiary cities, which are still substantial cities, but they don't have nonstop service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. And then there's always a corporate contract aspect. Who knows what corporate contracts they have out of Seattle? Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, I would think Microsoft would be a pretty big Alaska, like pretty bought into the Alaska ecosystem. But maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, it, look, Delta's struggling there too, right? I forgot where I was reading it. Oh, De- oh, Delta's doing off. I mean, we talked about this. Seth and I talked about it. Like Delta's, it's the worst performing hub of any U.S. hub for Delta. And it's it's worse performing than other hubs on other airlines. Yeah, so it's just like okay, so maybe AA is being smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're cutting their losses and saying we're not going to stay here anymore. Yeah, right. Like one flight to Heathrow is not going to really attract anyone to you, but if you have someone working at Amazon or Microsoft who has to get go to Bangalore every once in a while, and you have a nonstop, then that London flight becomes more attractive to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not having the Bangalore flight. I mean, I think the Bangalore was very attractive for the tech sector. Um, that's the reason. I mean, that's the reason that United wanted to do it out of San Francisco. Um, it, it, it's it's attractive for the tech industry. So yeah, there's a there's a market for it. That's the reality. Yeah, I mean, I if if I had the option, if American, you know, if tomorrow American and United could start flying it, I mean, those would be my go to flights because I, right now I have to go through Singapore or I have to go through Europe, and I would much rather connect in Seattle or San Francisco one time. And, you know, take the risk on either of those connections than trying to connect somewhere else. So, really? Yeah. I mean, taking United, San Francisco to Bangalore would be great. One stop and be there. Be awesome. I would rather Depending do, on timing, I, I guess. I would personally rather do uh, Singapore. I mean, Singapore's fine. I think the timing of that flight is, it, it hurts. It's painful. Um, it lands at like two in the morning. And by the time you get to your hotel, it's three in the morning. So it's just, it's rough. I mean, but that's kind of par for the course for that part of the world. Unfortunately. Yeah. Even going through Europe, it's very similar. So, I mean, true. I mean, there's other flight, like Emirates does one that lands like in, you know, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., um, which I, I guess maybe that's not as good. I would rather just land at midnight or 11 p.m. because then I could just go to bed. Yeah. But it's... I agree. I understand what you're saying. I would do it for the lines. You know that's the, the real reason. I, I would do it once. That's for sure. <laughs> for the uh, lines. So you you posted this story. Um, U.S. couple with three kittens on a 10-hour flight from Belgrade to Chicago. Um, and I saw this. I can't remember where I saw it. I saw it somewhere. But they these folks, they live abroad. They were bringing their cat. They couldn't stand. To, they found some cats in Belgrade. Uh, strays. And decided they were going to bring them back to the United States. Um, I love cats. I love dogs. I love animals. But this story gets bad because they then take the, the cats out on the plane and like let them roam around, essentially. Yeah. Well, and then there's they also circumvented the rule where only one person can only have one pet. Yeah. 
How did they do that? I don't know. Did they have them both in the same kennel? Like, I would think that Customs would have a problem more than anybody else. I don't think Customs would care so much. You show up with a pet. You have to show up with a pet. If you have your papers, great. But like the the thing that I that bothers me with travel with pets is pets don't like to travel. Animals mm-hmm. don't like to be on a plane. Why are you torturing your pets to mm-hmm. make yourself happy? Yeah, and then well, you, well, you got to post a you know Instagram story about it or whatever. YouTube. Yeah, but like, and it was funny. Like they, there was a little bit of positive a positive response to that post, but there was so much negative backlash that it kind of blew up in their face. Yes. I just, I, yeah, I mean, I'm with you about the pets. I mean, I get it. I, I, they're in cabin, so I don't feel like it's as bad if they were like underneath the plane. I feel like that's any flight like that is, is really stressful on an animal. So, um, I mean, we just saw the horse get loose in JFK, you know, taken off from JFK. Um, it's not fun for an animal to fly necessarily. So a large part of it is because it's not natural and animals are very instinctively natural, right? They, they don't have the ability to, the cognitive ability to understand and what humans can process. Oh, we're going on a trip. Yeah, exactly. We're going on <laughs> <a> vacation. Oh, <laughs> uh, will they have, will they have, you know, cheese in the lounge? Uh, yeah. Um, Wait, where's the pet pass lounge? Yeah, exactly. Um, so a passenger on Delta has sued the airline, alleging that flight attendants conspired to hide a sexual assault by an off duty employee. This stop story is, bonkers tell me about it oh my god like it's a non-rev employee apparently got drunk on the flight and could not contain themselves that's really mm-hmm. the executive summary of this whole thing oh but like it really like non-revs are known to the you know non-revs generally have a higher standard requirements of behavior on a flight yep. so first like what was this person thinking of not saying within the guidelines that are provided right and for those that don't know like you uh, generally have uh, strict dress code requirements. Um, there's behavior requirements as well. Um, cause you're in essence at the, the guest of the airline and you are an extension of either yourself as if you're sponsoring yourself as an honor or whoever is sponsoring. Uh, but like, it's like people should just freaking behave on airlines anyways. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why this is so hard, but then, then the other aspect of this that concerns me is why didn't, the crew on duty do anything yeah well, i mean they basically i mean they're being they're being accused of covering it up um yeah. trying to deny it um yeah well more important than that they be even before the cover right if this person is getting drunk the crew serving them knows that mm-hmm. so why were they continue, continuing to serve them yep it's a good question right and, and these are the things that like, i'm just like this is just this isn't just it to me this isn't just a failure of the non-rev. This is a failure of the entire airline and everyone working that flight. Yep. To to basically say, hey, we're cutting you off. Um, it, you know, we're do- you're done. Uh, yeah. 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 So it's an interesting story. We can post the link in the show notes. Yeah. The it's worth people. Me. It's worth people re- reading and being frustrated at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. For, for for God's sake, people, stop getting drunk on planes. It's so worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, the sure the ten ten second uh, cameo on TikTok will be great, but I trust you it'll haunt you longer than benefits you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're gonna talk in the after show, uh, the bonus 
uh, portion of the show for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to talk a little bit about Emirates and some weird stuff happening with uh, Air Canada and United. Um, and then a little bit of an Etihad partnering up with some uh, unlikely friends. So stick around for that if you're if you're not a subscriber to, on Patreon. Uh, we do thank you for listening to the show and thanks for supporting us. And we will talk to you next time. Happy travels. Take care. <laughs>